your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. This is for August 6th, 2021, but it's late night on August 5th. It's actually Thursday evening. I'm actually headed to the airport as soon as I wrap up this uh, this podcast and head out to the Hall of Fame, Canton, Ohio. Hopefully everything goes right with my flight because you know how me and flights go. They just don't go very well. If you've been listening to this show for a long time, then you already know my history with flights. So hopefully I'm keeping my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, praying to Jesus that everything goes right with my flights, but very excited about the opportunity for the Hall of Fame being there this weekend. Canton, Ohio, Charles Woodson, Coach Tom Flores, the Violator, all going to be inducted, and it's going to be great times for Raider Nation. So uh, I'm, I'm so excited and fired up to bring you the sights and sounds from Canton, Ohio. I'm also fired up about today's show. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Just got a couple that I'll be able to get to on today's show because I got a lot to get to in segment number one and segment number two as well. So I'll get a couple calls and a couple texts in coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, I was actually on the press box on ESPN Las Vegas with uh, Ed Graney and Adam Candy on Thursday morning. It was a really fun, uh, fun show. It's always a fun show, but it was it was fun to be on that show. I hadn't been on uh, ESPN Las Vegas in a while, so I had a really good conversation about the signing of Gerald McCoy, what I've seen at training camp, and you know just thoughts about the Raiders in general. So I'm uh, going to bring you that conversation in segment number two. It's a little bit lengthier, about 15 minutes, but you'll hear that conversation in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And before I get started, I did want to give a special shout out here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And the reason why is because this is a podcast about football. And yes, we have a lot of fun. And yes, we get to talk about the Raiders on the daily. But also, I like to look at this as a big family. Sometimes family fights. Sometimes family, you know, uh, laughs together. And sometimes we all grieve together. And so I want to shout out to my guy, man, Redbeard Raider. He's going through it. Uh, he actually sent me a text message. And I'm sure he won't mind me uh, sharing this. But uh, he hit me up and said, hey, uh, last March, my brother passed away. And it really broke my family. Things haven't felt the same. He was 36 years old. And he actually asked me a question, like, how did you cope with things with the loss of your son? And so I'm I'm glad that I was able to be there and kind of help out Redbeard Raider. And, and I know that there's really no good answer to how you cope with things. But I mean, it is it is what you got to do. And you got to try to do your very best to deal with it. And so I uh, just wanted to shout out to Redbeard Raider and his family and uh, shout out to his brother, man, Raider Bubba. And just let it let it be known that uh, obviously uh, he, he's going to be missed by his family members. And uh, shout out to Redbeard Raider and let you know that uh, all the Raider Nation's got your back, man. Uh, as I said, we're all one big happy family and uh, we're, we're loving on you from a distance and hope that you and your family, your mom and dad, are able to cope with this uh, the best way you can. And it's not easy, but, uh, you know, you just got to keep on trucking one day at a time. So shout out to my guy, Redbeard Raider. Now, let's go ahead and get into today's segment, just uh, news and notes here in segment number one. And the biggest news that came out on Thursday was uh, free agent linebacker K.J. Wright was visiting the Raiders. Now, Adam Schefter reported when he was on his way in, he said former Seahawks veteran linebacker K.J. Wright is in Vegas to meet with the Raiders. It's a familiar scheme with former Seahawks defensive coordinator Gus Bradley now being the Raiders defensive coordinator. Well, it was a lot of speculation throughout the course of the day. Matter of fact, there was some some reports that were out there saying K.J. Wright signed with the Raiders. Well, he did not. Vinny Bonsignor, who does In the Huddle, following my show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio 920, put out there that K.J. Wright was just a visit at the point uh, he left without a deal. 
Then Ian Rappaport for the NFL Network, he put out K.J. Wright, one of the top free agents left, exited without signing. He has interest from a few teams and will remain in touch with Vegas. So uh, it doesn't mean that he's not going to sign at some point. He just did not sign on Thursday. Uh, He'd be a huge upgrade at the linebacking position. I'd be excited about K.J. Wright. He did some really good things for Seattle last year. And, you know, it's funny. I was wondering, well, okay, what's the deal? Why is Seattle not re-signing him? And they haven't ruled it out completely, but they got some young guys there at the linebacker position. Uh, They got some guys that are cheap than KJ Wright and he is getting a little bit older but man he played really good ball for them in 2020 I actually had Curtis Crabtree on my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Thursday talking about it he was he let off the show like at 210 he was on the show talking about KJ Wright and he said man he had an outstanding season you know and they might go and revisit it but he deserves a little bit more money than they're willing to give him and you know they got some young dudes that they also want to try out at that position so uh, there's an opportunity for the Raiders to really cash in if they decide to uh, ultimately sign KJ Wright or he decides to sign with the Raiders, but he did not as of Thursday. But I'm glad to see, again, similar to to Gerald McCoy, the Raiders are showing that they're not going to leave any stone unturned. They're going to try to put this puzzle together, put together the best 53-man roster that they can as they go into the 2021 season. And you'll hear the conversation that I had with uh, the press box on ESPN Las Vegas in segment number two, but that's what you want right now. I mentioned it on Thursday's show. That's what you want right now. You want these guys going at it, trying to find the best 53 men for the job for 2021 so I'm not mad at that at all also some news that rolled out about the Raiders on Thursday uh, running back Jalen Richard he's going to be out for a couple weeks this is according to Sean Reed from the Athletic he put out the Raiders running back Jalen Richard has sustained a foot injury and will be out indefinitely he missed the first few practices of training camp that are being placed on the COVID-19 list and will now miss more time uh, Vegas has five other active running backs on the roster again that's according to Sean Reed from the Athletic and I heard Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle his show he was talking about he doesn't think that Jalen Richard uh, is going to miss or not miss any time, but he's not going to miss a beat. Like he's going to be on the roster, the active roster in 2021. And I'll tell you, I'm not questioning Vinny, but I don't, I'm not as confident as he is uh, with all those running backs that they have with all those horses in the stable and Jalen Richard being on the COVID list. And now he's missing time with a foot injury. He's not vaccinated. We know that. I just think that he's really going to be a long shot to make the team. He makes more money than the rest of these guys. I mean, I just, I really don't see it. You got Josh Jacobs for sure. You got Kenyon Drake for sure. And you got some other guys, of course, Alec Engel, the fullback's going to make it, but they've got other guys in that locker room in that running back room that can really go I think Jalen Richard is going to have to really work his tail off to make sure he remains on the roster once he gets back from this foot injury but uh, he's really pushing it and really getting behind the eight ball uh, with this injury so I I don't root for anyone's injured I don't root for anyone to get COVID but Jalen Richard has had both now to start training camp so we'll see what happens with him but I'm not as confident as Vinny is that he's going to make the team. Also wanted to put out there a note from Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He was talking about the value of the Raiders. Ever since they've moved to Las Vegas, the value of the team has continued to increase. And uh, matter of fact, he put out over the past year, the value of the silver and black has increased by 10% to $3.415 billion with a B, according to Forbes. Apparently, their ranking now is at 16th among the 32 teams across the league. Even though they uh, they increased their value by 315 million in the past year, uh, they actually fell in ranking. So uh, they weren't 16th; they fell a couple spots. Now they're at 16, but they still are, are a team that's generating and creating a lot of money. Their value has increased by two billion with the B since the team has relocated to Las Vegas. Regardless about front office guys leaving, and there's a big story behind the front office guys leaving, uh, Mark Bedane and all the other ones that have left. 
Houston. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and speculate and throw out a whole lot of things that I've been hearing about it, but there's a story coming about why all these uh, front office guys are leaving, and you'll hear it sooner rather than later, but please believe it's not what it kind of looks like on the outside. There's a lot on the inside that is going on, so I just wanted to pass along that value right there. Uh, The Raiders have increased by 10% to $3.415 billion as far as a franchise and their worth, and again, that's according to Forbes' uh, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Put that out on Twitter on Thursday. And my final little note for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast has to do with Marshawn Lynch. That's right, beast mode. Former Raider Marshawn Lynch will make an appearance at the first Bud Light Beer Garden pregame experience located between the Luxor and Mandalay Bay for the Raiders' August 14th preseason game versus the Seahawks. So that sounds like a pretty fun event, right? They're saying in anticipation of the first preseason game, fans will get a first look at the Beer Garden, the ultimate tailgating experience created by MGM Resorts. 130,000 square foot venues complete with interactive football challenges. You could bet MGM sports betting suites, life-size Jenga and chess, live DJ entertainment, as well as pop-up stands from MGM resorts, restaurants, including Beer Hoss, Diablos, Diablos Cantina, International Smoke, and Public House. So there you go. You want to talk about a fun time? I know uh, Just Win Wendy had uh, reached out to me on Raider Nation Radio 920 and had put out there on Twitter as well, wondering where people were going to kind of gather for the first preseason game and all that stuff in Las Vegas. Well, there it is right there. There's the event going down ahead of time for the uh, the preseason game against the Seahawks in Las Vegas. So check it out. Marshawn Lynch will be there as well. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, the interview I did on Thursday morning with the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas. That is Ed Graney and Adam Candy. You'll hear that conversation next. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And I've been telling you about Built Bar for quite a while. They got a lot of great flavors. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies of Cream, and German Chocolate. Not to mention, they do have a brand new flavor. I tell you, they always have these flavors that you know are limited time additions. Well, this is a brand new flavor that my tag team partner Lee Sterling from uh, ParamountSports.com he uh, he actually told me about ahead of time, and he didn't tell me what flavor it was, but he said there was one coming out on Thursday when he went to visit the, the Built Bar plant in Utah. It was really cool. He said, Q, there's a brand new flavor out that's really good. Well, that flavor came out on Thursday. It was Rocky Road. So if you're a big Rocky Road ice cream fan, well, they got the Rocky Road Built Bar. You can check it out right now. Uh, he said it's really, really good. He had it right off of the conveyor belt. So he said it was outstanding. One of his favorite flavors ever. He got him a couple uh, boxes already, and you can too. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 will save you 15% off on when you check out. LOCK15 is a promo code at BuiltBar.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Going to jump quickly into my conversation I had on ESPN Las Vegas on Thursday. Thought it was a fun conversation. Talked about a lot of different subjects. Talked about Carl Nassib. Talked about Gerald McCoy. Talked about Derek Carr. Talked about a lot of the highlights and lowlights from training camp. And uh, just got into a lot of good Raider talk. So here it is right now. My conversation from Thursday with the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, a lot of Raider talk. Car coming back. A lot of things to talk about yesterday. He knows what's going on. He's our new sports program director here at Las Vegas Sports Network at Lotus Broadcasting. You can also hear him 2 to 4 daily on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM and catch his podcast, Locked on Raiders. It's your boy, Q. How are you, Q? I'm doing really well, man. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm excited to be on with you guys. Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well. Uh, what, 
what did you take? You know, we asked uh, uh, previously on Derek Carr. He talked about Nassib yesterday. He was going to be asked as the leader of that team what he thought. Uh, what did you take from him? You knew he'd probably be the first player uh, asked about Carl Nassib. Yeah, you know, I think he gave the answer that you kind of expected, and I know he's kind of alluded to it before where he's talking about, yeah, you know, you don't have to agree with everyone's lifestyle. You don't have to agree with everything that someone says, but you could still be cool with them. You could still work with them and still have the same common goal, which is ultimately hoisting a Lombardi trophy. I mean, that's basically how Derek Carr summed it up. You heard that in the soundbite, and I mean, we all know where Derek Carr lies we know his faith we know uh you know er everything that uh, about him off the field uh as far as you know his personality so uh, i'm sure that it's not the absolute choice that Derek Carr would make but I, I see where he's coming from like hey I don't care what this guy does uh, in his free time outside of the locker room uh, his locker's right down from mine uh, but you know we're going to get together we're going to work and we're going to you know be the best players we could be with all the ultimate goals so you know I, I just think that it was the basically politically correct answer that Derek Carr gave. It really does feel overall like this has been a non-issue though when it comes to the Raiders I mean Carl Nassib made his announcement and that seemed to pretty well be the end of it beyond the support that he got that day. I mean, I think it speaks well to you know, 2021 and, and where we are with acceptance of uh, LGBT issues. I agree 100%. Absolutely. And the thing about it, and uh, Ed could tell you as he's out there at training camp as well, um, the, the guys are, are joking with them. He's, they're out there teaching with them. I mean, anytime you see him running a rep and he's talking to the guys, there's no shade being thrown. I mean, it looks like just one of the fellas. It looks like training camp, as usual, is going on, and these guys are all trying to get 1% better each and every day, and, and including Carl Nassib. You know? So that's the one takeaway, and I've, I've paid attention to him, and not even in the reason – to see what the reaction is. I've been paying attention to him because, well, he didn't play that well in 2020, and so I want to see if he's looking a little fresher, if he's looking a little quicker, if he's looking a little more dynamic. What kind of player can he be? And so, in my mind, that's what I'm paying attention to, and I feel like, and like I said, Granny could correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's what everyone's doing, including his teammates, including the coaching staff. Oh, I totally agree. I thought he made his announcement. They felt what they felt, and they've moved on. They want to yep. win, and they want to get to the playoffs, and that's how they should be, by the way. Yep. They, they need to get to their point where they're back in the postseason, and this should not be an issue at all. I think he'll talk later in the week. He'll talk one time about it. We'll ask questions. That'll be it as it should be. Uh, stay with the position group up front. Jared McCoy comes in. We talked about it earlier, Q. I, there's, I, in our opinion, there's no downside to this. If We don't know if he's going to be like he was. That was a hard injury he had last year, but don't you have to take a look here? I mean, if the guy's 75% of what he's been, is probably an upgrade. Yes, exactly. You know, it's so funny. There was a lot of reaction to the signing yesterday, especially on Raider Nation Radio 920, where, well, how come they got rid of Mo Hurst? Well, what did you think you were getting in Solomon Thomas? And, oh, there's the Raiders making another mistake. And I said, whoa, hold on. Pump the brakes. It's August 4th, and now it's August 5th. This is when you want them to try things out, right? You don't, you don't want them to be in week four of the season and say, hey, this isn't working. Let's go see what best free agent is out there available because at that point, it's too late. This is when you put the pieces of the puzzle together, and I really broke it down. I thought it was a pretty good description, and maybe I'm just giving myself too much credit, but I looked at it as a puzzle. You know, one of the big puzzles that you have in the box, and you look at the box, and you see what the, what the picture is supposed to be, and then you know you have about 90 or 95 pieces that you got to figure out how they all fit together to form that puzzle. That's what they're doing right now. So if Solomon Thomas isn't cutting it, fine. If Gerald McCoy, maybe he can come in and provide some competition, great. But it's better to find out now 
in August when the games don't matter and they haven't even hit the field for a preseason game yet than it would be week five when you're playing the Chicago Bears. You know what I mean? It's just that it's much better to, to you know, do trial and error now than it would be in the regular season. We were speculating earlier about Gerald McCoy coming in and who ultimately the snaps come from. Uh, is it Quentin Jefferson? Is it Jonathan Hankins? Is it Cleveland Furl in the end, depending on uh, where they decide to line him up for the majority of his work? Uh, how do you think if Gerald McCoy is at all effective, it's going to affect the rotation for the Raiders? I just think that it's going to be a healthy rotation. Something that we've heard uh, Gus Bradley say many times is that they want to have lines. They want to have line one. They want to have line two. They want to have line three where they could just keep rotating guys in. So in the fourth quarter, when you're only up a couple points, four points, and you got to keep the Kansas City Chiefs out of the end zone, you can have a pass rush that's still fresh. You can have guys that are still healthy enough to get to the quarterback instead of allowing them to roam around and ultimately throw a touchdown pass to uh, Travis Kelsey to win the game. I mean, you want to have guys that can get there and so I just think that he's part of the rotation you know and and uh, you know if it takes a few snaps away from from Jefferson or Clee like you mentioned then so be it I, I look at McCoy knowing that he's older and has been in the league for a while I look at him as a guy who's going to help out he may be able to provide you know three or four sacks in, in, in the season if he's healthy you know and apparently according to all reports from yesterday he's, he's he looked great he took his rehab very serious but as Granny mentioned that was a serious uh, injury you know a quad injury that's big time so uh, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where he's got to, uh, you know, he, he's got to get in there and show that he's he's worth the, you know, worth the spot. But if he is, you know, it's just another part of the rotation and they got to find the best guys to be part of that rotation, whether it's Solomon Thomas, Cleve Furl, uh, you know, Quentin Jefferson, whoever it is, they've got to find those pieces and they've got to get a guy in the middle, that defensive tackle position that can provide something. Jonathan Hankins, you know, could provide something so a Patrick Mahomes can't just step up into the pocket anytime he wants to. You're on your way to Canton to uh, attend and cover the Hall of Fame uh, ceremonies. Tom Flores and Charles Woodson goes in. Uh, give us your opinions on both. I think both are obviously uh, deserved candidates. I would have put Flores in a lot sooner. Yep. Uh, but he's in, and that's really all that matters, and he's uh, there to celebrate it, along with Charles Woodson. Uh, we've both been on Zooms and interviews with them, so break each down in terms of uh, their candidacy and, and, and why it's important they're in. You know, I- I'm excited for both guys. Charles Woodson was a no-brainer, and, and I, it's so it's crazy because when you talk about both of those guys, and, and I always lead off with Charles Woodson was a no-brainer, first ballot Hall of Famer, it almost feels like he doesn't get as much attention as he should because it did take so long for Coach Flores to get in and from everything I've been uh, talking to with different Hall of Fame voters like a Shereen Williams or a John McClain uh, you know they keep saying that what was really holding him back was his Seattle days even though that really wasn't his fault it was a terrible ran organization you know from the front office uh, down it just wasn't ran wire and it was always held against them and so uh, glad to see that that has been lifted and that Coach Flores is going to get that opportunity because he's just he was able to do so many things I mean we look at you you know, the world today, we talk about, you know, uh, a Latino coach. We talk about a quarterback. We talk about a guy who, you know, really worked his way from the ground up to where he was and to be able to lead the, the Raiders to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just it's so exciting to know that this this dude that really put in so much work with the organization throughout the course of his life, you know, is, is getting that opportunity to smell the roses before it's too late, before a, a snake situation happens or a cliff branch situation happens, which he's not even in the Hall 
of Fame, and he and he should be, and hopefully at some point he will be. But you know, you want these guys to understand what it means to be a Hall of Famer before uh, their family has to do it for them. And so I'm so glad that Coach Flores is getting that opportunity. He's going to be well celebrated this weekend. I can't wait to to actually be on the grounds there in Canton, Ohio, and just to, to be able to soak all that in. And and then as mentioned, man, Charles Woodson uh, drafted by the Raiders went off to Green Bay, and and I know a lot of Raider fans don't like to hear this, but he grew up, man. He matured. He really became a leader. He became that dude when he was in Green Bay, returned to the silver and black, and was was the guy that they needed at the time. They needed such a leader because they were desperate for a guy that had some some know-how, you know, had some want to and could lead the young dudes in the right direction. I know they didn't win a ton of games when he returned the second time, but he gave them hope. He gave them, uh, you know, a little bit of energy, and he gave Raider Nation uh, some fire and something to be excited about, and I'll never forget the two interceptions he had off of Peyton Manning uh, at the Oakland Coliseum. That was the one guy he had never intercepted that he said he wanted to intercept and you know that they've they're joined at the hips going all the way back to college and for him to get Peyton Manning twice in the same game right around his birthday that was his birthday gift to himself I thought that was awesome that's one of those memories of Seawood that I'll never forget and uh just so happy that both of them get to go in and, and rightfully deserved to get that that bust in Canton Ohio that you can never never take away what are you most excited about just personally about going to the Hall of Fame and, and being a part of the of the whole experience, even beyond the Raiders. Well, it's just, it's so unbelievable. I've been there once before when LaDainian Tomlinson and Jerry Jones were inducted. Kurt Warner was part of that. I mean, it, it, and it's just, you don't realize how much greatness you're around until you're around it. You know, I mean, you just really don't. All the players that have played football, all the guys that have gotten paid to play football, and then just to know that you're in that small fraternity hanging around with all these great athletes that were always at the top of their game that have gold jackets it's just it's unbelievable and the one thing I'll say that I hate from a media standpoint is we're so busy running around all weekend long and just trying to you know get audio here and try to get sound bites here that we don't really get to walk through the the hall and just soak it in but man uh, I always encourage fans if you have one trip that you can make make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and just soak it all in Uh, take your time with the hall we go through and fly through it but man it's just the hall of greatness you know I mean you think about it doesn't matter if it's a Raider it doesn't matter if it's a 49er a Cowboy Steelers whatever I mean there's just so many great players enshrined and there's stories behind each and every one of them I'll tell you right now I'm a sucker for the speeches I always there's always a speech or two that all of a sudden my eyes get a little watery and I look over at the wife and I'm like no it's my allergies I'm having a bad allergic reaction right now She's like, no, you're definitely crying. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's emotional, man. These guys who, who we always kind of look up to and say, man, I, I really respect the way that this dude plays the game. Uh, you know, they kind of humble themselves and tell their backstory and where they came from and shout out their family. And it, it becomes an emotional event, man. So the Hall of Fame is, is where it's at. So I'm so excited. Can't wait to land in Canton and, and, and get this weekend started. Yeah, and beyond Flores and Woodson, I know you'll really enjoy their speech. So I'm actually looking forward to Manning. Manning in his post career, yep. we all know whether it's SNL, whether it's uh, you know the commercials, he just brought such a different mode that maybe if you hadn't kept up with him or known more about him, you would have been shocked maybe in his post career. Now you see him and how you know self-effacing he can be and how humorous he can be. Uh, beyond the two Raiders, I would think you also want to hear him because I think he'll bring some things in that speech that will be pretty funny. And here's the thing about him, one of the greatest ever, he has no problem making fun of himself the other day q he says well it took seven hours to do my bus because of my forehead and they had a lot they had to use a lot of clay 
and I, I, I love how he's come off in his post-career because I don't know if you a lot of people knew that about him when they just watched him play football all those years. Right, exactly. You start to see the, the human side, the personality in Peyton Manning. There's a reason why many networks were trying to fight to get him on their broadcast just because he brings that, and he does. I mean, he can make fun of himself, and, and we're in the business where we talk every day, and we like to you know really uh, think that we, we exactly know what we're talking about all the time and that we're at the top of our game, but sometimes it's, it's okay to laugh at yourself and kind of, you know, not take yourself so seriously. And, and that's what you can respect when it comes to Peyton Manning. As talented as he was, as great of a quarterback as he was, to be able to just humble himself, make fun of himself, laugh at himself. You know, he's done the Saturday Night Live stuff. I mean, that's that's all great. He's going to be on the Monday Night Football, uh, you know, the dual broadcast that they're going to have this year. That should be interesting. I'll pay attention to that a little bit. You know, I just I just think that it, he's, a, he, he's a fun dude, you know, and, and it's nice to see guys be able to have fun post-playing, you know, and 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 that kind of keeps them away from saying, well, you know, I think I might have a year left or two years left. You know, it kind of gives them something else to do and, and where they don't need the, you know, the the rush of the playing the game. And so I, I, I like what Peyton Manning brings to the table. And I'll say this, the only the only downfall for this weekend is that all the speeches are going to be limited to six minutes because there's so many. They're inducting uh, two classes, including the Centennial class, that if they didn't limit them to six minutes and ultimately the cut, cutoff time is eight minutes, they'll start giving you the, the swan song music at eight so uh the basic you're out of there um you know that's the only downfall but they they have to because there's just so many guys going to be giving so many speeches well i know it'll be a terrific time for you travel safe he's our new program director here at lotus broadcasting also two to four on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m host of lockdown raiders podcast follow him on twitter at your boy q254 travel safe q we'll see you when you get back so there it is right there ever since i've uh, been in las vegas and working in the building with espn las vegas and raider nation radio 920 and fox sports las vegas and am 1230 the game i uh, haven't had those interviews as of late haven't been on with cofield and company so i miss those times so hopefully you enjoyed that conversation it was great to be on with the morning show and uh, like i said it's, it's fun to be able to jump on uh, with another radio station and talk some shop and uh, I, I thought it was a good conversation so hopefully you enjoyed that i know i did for sure coming up in segment number three your calls and texts straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 this is the locked on raiders podcast your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Rahul in Seattle. He's calling to talk about a few subjects, including the red zone offense and third and long, and how critical those two fields will be in the success of the team in 2021. Here he is, Rahul in Seattle. Hey Q, it's Rahul from Seattle. Uh, today's the beginning of padded practices, so, uh, you know, obviously we're taking the next step to beginning this season and hopefully making it a good one. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of things uh, that I'm interested in for this team. Uh, first of all, on offense, uh, and I think this goes uh, to the heart of our problems on uh as a team, uh, is the red zone offense and getting touchdowns instead of field goals and having to do that over the course of an entire season. You know, last year we were 54% uh, in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns. That list, that put us at around 24th in the league. Uh, and for a sake of reference, the, the Packers were number one at 80%. So that big difference in scoring touchdowns naturally translates to a ton of points over the course of a season and can be the difference in wins and losses. So I'm hoping that I see – uh, a lot of work on the red zone uh, for this defense, for this offense, excuse me, uh, and, and, you know, finding ways to get in there. Um, 
as far as the defense is concerned, I'm mostly interested in what we're doing on third and long. I think that down has been um, just our albatross. You know, we, we seem to look great on first down, second down. We seem to be able to stop the run when we know it's coming. We seem to be able to get penetration and stop guys in the backfield uh, on the early downs and put teams really in precarious situations on third down. And yet... On third and 12, third and 15, third and 16, third and 7, third and 10, all those downs we seem to give up big plays and we seem to give up conversions. And so I don't know what we need to do to look like we know what we're doing on third and long, but this defense certainly needs to do something. And uh, I'm hoping that in the pad of practices they put they make that a point of emphasis, you know, how to stop third and long uh, for this defense. Because, you know, that's just been the, the kick in the pants for our team, you know, getting teams uh, – in, in situations that they should be able to get out of and then letting them get out of it anyway. And that's why, uh, you know, both the offense and the defense need to, to, to really improve. You know, getting all the way into the red zone and not scoring is letting them, is letting the other team off the hook and giving up a third down conversion on third and long is letting the other team off the hook. And that's what we keep doing. And we can't keep, uh, allowing these teams to survive when we put them in situations that they shouldn't be able to get out of. So I'm uh, hoping we see a lot of the, a lot of emphasis on the red zone offense and the third and long defense. Uh, but uh, yeah, padded practices start today. So, you know, season's coming with, season is coming and, uh, we have to face it. Let's do it. Go Raiders. One love. There he goes. Rahul in Seattle. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah, red zone offense, that's going to be major. You got to get six and not three. Remember, we had that theme before in 2020. We had a whole show based on six, not three. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they definitely got to do that. Um, I think that Kenyon Drake, Foster Moreau, Brian Edwards, I think all three of those guys will really help with that red zone offense. As far as third and long, I think Gus Bradley, Ron Milas, and Richard Smith, they'll make sure the team does not allow that to happen again. That became a major issue. I don't know what was more annoying getting three points instead of six points or giving up third and long consistently playing the sticks and still not being able to wrap up that's the biggest thing man they're gonna have them play in the sticks but they're gonna also have them come up and wrap up that's why a guy like KJ Wright if they eventually do add him to the roster he's a guy that can kind of set the tone on the field as well and get these guys lined up and let them know that hey don't go too deep because you want to make sure you're able to come up and make the play he's one of those field generals so I, I'm very excited about the potential of KJ Wright and I think if they do add him They'll really, really be able to thrive on third and long and really get off the field. Now, I think they'll be able to get off the field without him on third and long, but they'll be a lot better with the, if they do have KJ Wright. Thank you so much for that call, man. I appreciate you. Next up, got a pretty lengthy text from Reggie Reg out of Pomona. and said, what's up, Q? It's Reggie Reg from Pomona again. You've made this offseason go by kind of fast, blessing us with your content and giving us diehards information that we had never known, like Cliff Branch and Marcus Allen being cousins, getting stories from guys like Van McElroy being drafted into the Soul Patrol, and how all of them were pro bowlers. And just hearing different viewpoints from our Raider family, it's been real good. Now, the pads just came on. I pray for our guys' health out there. I want to see Corey Littleton with that physical mindset because early on, Coach Bradley said he wanted to see that physicality out of him. Henry Ruggs with added 13 pounds. Want to see him in and out of his cuts. Is he running violent routes like Carr's been saying? Best practice player he's ever played with. So I want to see it because all I'm hearing is Zay Jones this and that. And from Waller and Renfo, first name out their mouth is Brian Edwards. So I need to see Ruggs. Last kid I want to see is Andre James. We think we know what he brings, but honestly, we're trusting Tom Cable on a handful of snaps and having him having familiarity, so I just need to see him prove everyone right. 
So Littleton, Ruggs, Andre James. My bad about the long text, but this time we see what it's really going to look like because you play the game with pads. You feel me? And physicality is a major part of the game. So congrats once again, brother. Hopefully running to you at the Raiders versus Donkeys game in Colorado October 17th. I'll be there repping hard. Raiders. That's from Reggie Ridge from Pomona. Thank you for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, the offseason was fun, man. It went by really quickly. Uh, one of the quickest offseasons I remember. So uh, maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. But that was a lot of fun. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, I'll say from a guy who's out there at practice, uh, Henry Ruggs looks all the part. He does. Brian Edwards is the guy that's getting all the hype right now. But Henry Ruggs has looked the part as well. He really has. He's made a couple really good plays. Uh, you can see the added weight. You can see that it's all muscle. And he looks good out there. He's going up there getting those 50-50 balls. And it's funny. I mean, I put out a couple tweets, put out a couple uh, videos of uh, Henry Ruggs doing his thing and you know people are like well that's not what I want to see I want to see this that and the other it you really can't win I'll say Henry Ruggs looks really good Brian Edwards looks really good the offensive line looks really good uh, again this is early though they've only had literally seven days of camp even though they've had like eight or nine days uh, but they've had a couple days off but really seven practices is all they've had so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and say oh my gosh this team is you know they've turned the corner and this is who they're going to be uh, we don't know that yet you know obviously there's a reason why they're still bringing in guys they're bringing in uh you know veterans and, and they just signed Gerald McCoy uh they just brought in KJ Wright they didn't sign him but they brought him in so obviously there's still some areas of this team they need to improve and they they're not really liking what they're seeing just yet and they're kicking over every stone and checking what's underneath it to see if they can help improve this team but for the most part they're playing some really good ball right now Andre James looks the part and uh, like I said, uh, Edwards and Ruggs and uh, who else did you mention? Uh, Littleton. Littleton, it's hard to really tell what he's doing right now as far as, you know, if he's playing a lot better because the linebackers aren't really going 100%. I think he's fine. I think Nick Wachowski, if anybody, is the guy that may be, you know, kind of not on the outside looking in, but he may be a guy who loses his starting role. He could he could easily slide back to, a, you know, a complimentary role. But uh, who knows if that's what they want. So, uh, yeah, Corey Littleton, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, everything's simplified. He'll be able to go out there and just really, really dominate and not have to think, just go out there and play. And my final call for the show today comes from Chris out the 209, repping that Stockton, California. I know he spent time in Oklahoma. Not sure if he's still there, but originally from the 209, like I said, Stockton, California. He's calling in to ask how it is covering my favorite team and how difficult it is to cover them straight up, or do I feel the pressure to lean towards the home team a little bit? Here he is, Chris, repping the 209. Yo, what up, Q? Whitney, I'm out here working. Super quick question for you, man. I just had one uh, before the season got started, and there was more to talk about than you knew what to do with. Uh, I figured while it's so slow, I wanted to ask you, how has it been being a Raider fan and getting to cover the team firsthand? Now, I know that you've only been there a couple weeks in Las Vegas, but you see a lot of guys that end up getting assigned to teams that didn't grow up fans of the team. And I'm, like, really interested to hear your perspective. You are a genuine Raider fan, grew up a Raider fan, always been a Raider fan, and you're now covering your favorite team. Do you feel a little bit of that home team bias? Do you feel um, the, the pressure to now that you're having to give the news to a network, uh, kind of give it a certain way? Well, what's, what's your thought? How is how has this transition been, man? Uh, let me just say this last thing and I'll hang up. Uh, it really is a super huge benefit to have somebody on the grounds that we know is a true Raider fan. I don't know about all these other guys that are a part of the Raiders network or a part of different broadcasting groups. I don't know their history with the team. Maybe they grew up, you know, a 49er fan. And I don't want to hear the opinion of a 49er fan. I hear the opinion of Raider fans. Even though we can have fan goggles sometimes, 
I genuinely want to hear it. So that, that's my question for you. I've been thinking about that the last couple of weeks. Uh, haven't been able to listen every single day, but I wanted to just throw it out there, man. Con- big congratulations to you. God bless you, man. That, that what a great, uh, great achievement in your life to be able to do that. Uh, I, I, I mean, really great job. But yeah, that's my question for you. God bless you, sir. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Raider Nation, preseason's around the corner. Looking forward to it. You guys have a blessed one. Be safe. Chris, thank you so much for the call. I really do appreciate it. And you know, it's funny, man. Uh, That's a good question. I I really do think it's a good question. And, you know, I've said it many times that I learned a lot of things when I was in Central Texas about covering sports. And, of course, that's where I got my first opportunity to be on the radio doing sports was at ESPN Central Texas. And what I learned from that, and I think that it was a benefit that I started there with a team that was not my favorite team in the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, Dallas is a very popular team in Texas. Of course, they're uh, Texas's team. I mean, I mean, Houston's there. The Texans are there, but it's all about the Cowboys. So I think me getting that opportunity to cover the Cowboys and knowing that it wasn't my team, I could just cover it and just say, hey, man, we get to call it how it is. And there was fans that would call the radio station and get mad. Oh, you know, Q's not giving us enough love. No, I'm just calling it how it is. But I was able to learn that that's what you do. If you want to be professional, that's what you got to do. You've got to be able to call it how you see it, not how you necessarily want it to be. And if you notice across the landscape of sports, most of the beat writers that cover certain teams, they are not fans of that team. Like Vinny Bonsignor, he's not a Raider fan. I can tell you that. He's really good at what he does, but he's not a Raider fan. Um, Vic Tafer, he's not a Raider fan. Deshaun Reed, he's not a Raider fan. I mean, and all these guys are great. They're really good at their job, but they didn't grow up Raider fans. So I think I was benefited by learning in Central Texas, learning how to cover the Cowboys, learning how to cover Baylor. I'm not a Baylor guy. You know, I don't rock around wearing green and gold like a lot of people do in in Central Texas because it's all about Baylor. But being able to be objective and still be respected and even by, you know, the organizations like, hey, this guy, you know, he's not a he's not a fan of ours. But at the same time, he's not just going to go out there and bash us unless, you know, we, we deserve it. I think that helped, and I think that helps me be able to talk about the Raiders because if it's not good, I'll say it's not good, you know, and, and it's just that's just how it is. And I think that they respect that because they know at least I'm telling the truth. I'm not going to slander them. I'm not going to just go ahead and try to get headlines and just, you know, go for the jugular unless they deserve it. And even then, I'll still do it respectfully, and I'm not going to also look through silver and black glasses and think that, okay, they're going to go 17-0. and Derek Carr is going to be the number one quarterback in the league, and, you know, this, that, and the other. It's all about rainbows and puppy dogs. I'm not going to do that either because that's not fair to you, and that takes away from my credibility. So, um, yeah, I, that's, that's how it's been great. By the way, it's been a lot of fun. I'm blessed uh, just to be able to do this on the daily. I'm so excited about the opportunity. Uh, But I think with the training that I've received, it's helped put me in the position that I'm in and has made it a lot easier to be objective instead of uh, over-the-top super fan or a negative Nelly. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's that's just kind of where I'm coming from. But great question, man. I definitely appreciate you asking that. And that's all I got for today's show. Uh, I'm out of here. I'm about to take off from the house, head to the airport, which luckily, unlike when I was in Central Texas, was about an hour and a half away from my house it's about 15 minutes away from my house so I'm about to head to the airport and uh, hopefully my flight does not get delayed it does not get canceled something does not go wrong because again I always have in the back of my mind my luck at the airport but uh, hopefully next time I talk to you it'll be live from Canton Ohio I'll be back in uh, Las Vegas on Sunday evening so I'll miss practice on Friday and Saturday and Sunday as a matter of fact they're having practice at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday I wish I could be there but I won't because I won't get back in town till Sunday evening but uh, we'll be back here on the Lockdown Radio podcast on monday i'll be doing my shows from raider nation radio 920 from canton ohio on friday and an extra special one on saturday so check that out if you get the opportunity saturday will be 12 to 2 and friday 2 to 4 p.m 
both West Coast times. So until then, Raider Nation, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Hall of Fame. Uh, check me out on Twitter. I'll, I'll be giving you as many sights and sounds as possible at your boy Q254. And uh, take care of your family over the weekend. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.